Anyway, now I'm starting. Now, so now I'm starting. Uh, just so everyone's clear. So this past week I bought something, and I, I bought something, and it's uh, pretty controversial something. It's a, it's a polarizing item, and it's not a pair of sunglasses. And I'm wondering, can anyone guess what it was? What did I buy? Uh, bought one of those a few weeks ago. <laughs> a fake Christmas tree. I'm all about the, the fake tree, man. I'm not a real tree guy. But that's not what I bought. Any other guesses? Pizza with pineapple. Does, uh, nope, but I would, do, I would do it. I love pizza with pineapple. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Eggnog. Oh, yeah. Polarizing, right? Yeah, all right. It's about half and half. And what's the... Listen to this. You hear that? You know what that's the sound of? That's the sound of the Christmas season, opening the first eggnog. I'm gonna give this to Emily so she can put in the fridge so it doesn't go bad. We got to witness that, man, that's awesome. Thank you. What's that? We got to Yeah, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Uh, so it's officially the Christmas season, which means we're officially in the Christmas series. And over the next few weeks, uh, I'm gonna be looking at the Christmas story. Uh, but we're going to be looking at it. <laughs> nice, nice background. <laughs> That's not what my slide looked like, but it's good. Uh, but I want to be looking at the Christmas story in pieces. There's a lot going on with the Christmas story, and I want to try to break it up into three different segments of before Christmas, um, Christmas, it's, Christmas itself, and after Christmas. Um, so before Jesus was born, at his birth, and... After, after he was born. Um, and there's a lot of moving pieces to that, so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to trying to take a look at all of them and put them together into kind of a comprehensive um, timeline. But uh, I was planning through this a few weeks ago, thinking through it a few weeks ago, and I noticed something, and that's that Christmas is typically thought of as like a peaceful holiday. I mean, it's in songs... Um, you know, uh, I think sleeping in heavenly peace. Well, I noticed something. There's a lot of uneasiness. There's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of storms in the Christmas story, in the pre, during, and post Christmas story. Um, from start to start to finish, it's just it's just riddled with problems. And because of that, I decided to name this series "Christmas in the Storm." And which I immediately realized what that sounds like. It sounds like a Hallmark movie, uh, Christmas in the Storm, right? And I thought, I was like, what would happen in Christmas in the Storm? Well, there'd be a girl and a guy, right? And they'd be at like a, um, bre- a, a bed and breakfast. And they'd be there because they're both traveling to different towns to visit their family. And they, they get there and, um, you know, it's Christmas Eve. And what happened? Well, there's a giant snowstorm. It comes, and they both get shut in, and they're, like, really kind of upset about it. And at first, they're irritated. They don't really like each other. But, you know, after some predictable drama, um, they, like, they start to really appreciate each other. And as it turns out, the girl was going to spend Christmas alone anyway. She didn't even have family she was going to. So the guy, they decide they like each other, and the guy takes her to meet his family, and they get engaged with, like, the guy's grandma's wedding band. And I probably went too far on that. I'm sorry. But I just started typing it, and it, it just didn't stop. It just, it just kept going. So, yeah, yeah, that's in the predictable drama. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we're going to get off that now. We're going mo- to move on. Uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to uh, open up the scripture into Luke chapter 1. Um, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth, and just that we have, um, we have this book that allows you to speak to us and allows you to tell your story of redemption to your people. Um, I pray that through it we can, we can learn that your spirit is working and speaking through me, that your spirit is listening, and that, that we're understanding your words. Thank you for the forge, for the young adults that take time out of their day to come and, and learn about you. <coughs> Uh, bless them and bless the reading of your scripture. Thank you. Amen. All right, so if, um, if you know me, I'm not a troublemaker, but I did have a detention one time. There was a lunch detention, and I got that lunch detention because I didn't read enough books. Um, yeah, I'm bad. I'm really bad. Uh, but anyway, there's going to be a lot of reading today, and I'm going to try to do as good of a job as I can. Um, but uh, it's going to be best if, you, if you're able to follow along in, in your own Bible. We're going to be starting at verse 26, and we are going to be jumping around a lot. Uh, but it's, it's going to be reading heavy as we're trying to look at the Christmas story under this uh, microscope and, and puzzle piece it back together. So, starting at verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Birth of Jesus foretold. Wow, eggnog is not the drink of choice, just for the record, when you're going to be speaking. Wouldn't recommend it. In the sixth month of the angel Gabriel, uh, I already messed up. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at, that, at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Um, so that, that's the first section. We're going we're gonna to read more in a bit, but I, I want to talk about a few things here. There's a few important things in this um, uh, 11, 12 verses 
uh, that we see. And the first thing we see is that God does impossible things. And it says that in verse 37, it says, For nothing will be impossible with God. So what's the, what's the impossible things we see here? Well, for one, there, there's an angel on earth talking, right? A lot of people would say that that's not possible. But we, but we see God doing that. Um, two, there's, a, there's a, 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 a young lady, a virgin, who is going to have a child. And that shouldn't be possible. That's, that's actually impossible. But with God, God does impossible things. What else do we see? We see that God does what he says he's going to do. Um, and here it says, it talks about Jesus being the son of David. And what's special about that is that um, it was prophesied that the Son of God, that Jesus was going to come through the lineage of David. And we see that God does what he says he's going to do. And he's doing that right here. And um, I don't know, to, th this recently became really special to me. Because does anyone know roughly, we don't know exactly how many years, does anyone know roughly how many years it was from David to Jesus? Roughly about, do you know? Do you know? It's about a thousand years. Yeah. Which is a crazy long time. And I, that, that, that's been really on my mind recently. That we have, we have David, right? And we have this. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So we have David. And we have God say, that, that Jesus is going to come through the lineage of David. And there's David. And then a thousand years later, I believe 14 generations later, we have Jesus come. Is it just me or in that thousand years, in those 14 generations, how easy would it be to forget that? If it was any of us, we, can't, we cannot possibly plan something a thousand years ahead and follow through on it in a thousand years. For one will be dead... For two, we don't have that type of foresight. But when God says something, when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. So the last thing with this passage, with this section of the passage, is it's it talks about another woman who's pregnant. And what was her name? Um, I don't, did you say it? Did I say it? Elizabeth. Is that what you said? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I apologize. Yeah, so, so who is Elizabeth? Like, why is she relevant to the Christmas story? Who is, the, who is Elizabeth? Who is her husband? Who's this child? Like, like why, why are we being made known of Elizabeth? Well, let's, let's find that out. So um, we're going to jump back up to verse 5. Uh, st we're still in chapter 1 of Luke, and I, we're going to stay there. <clears throat> so we're going to go back up to chapter 5, and we're going to figure out who Elizabeth is and what her story is. So, starting at verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abiha. I, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Elizabeth. 
and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statues of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared." Verse 18, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. Stand, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So we see, we see a very similar set of things happen here that we saw in the, in the previous section that we read. We see that God does impossible things here. Again, another angel. People would say it's impossible. Um, takes, a, takes a lady that is barren, someone that can't have children, and she's having a child. Impossible things. And, and likewise, we see God saying he's going to do something and following through and doing it. We see that he says, Elizabeth's going to have a child. And then Elizabeth becomes with child. And we see unfaithfulness here. We see that God uses imperfect people. Um, and and what, what sticks out to me with this is the angel says that the Lord has heard your prayer. Like the, so the Lord is answering um, Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayer. And what is Zechariah's response to that? Unbelief. He doesn't believe it. Something that he had been praying for and hoping for and Finally, an angel of the Lord says, hey, this is going to happen. And he says, how do I know this? For my, my wife 
is old. His immediate reaction is unbelief. And then we see a consequence to his initial reaction of unbelief, which was that he couldn't speak. Um, he, he came out and he was mute. Um, and so we see, we see him take an action and we see there be a reaction to it. And um, I think more than likely, none of us here are probably gonna see a vision not believe it, and then become mute. But there's a lot of things in our lives that, that follow a similar trend. Where God tells us something, and maybe we don't believe it, we take actions against it, and then there's a reaction to our action. We, we see it all the time. You know, God tells us, to keep the marriage bed pure. And we see all the time that, that, that that's not held in value. And then there's results caused from that. We see God say, don't get drunk. Don't ruin your witness getting drunk. And we don't listen to that. We drink alcohol, get drunk, and there's results to that. People die from that. There's God telling us something. God laying the parameters of where we can operate. Us not, not believing it, not trusting it. And then a consequence that follows it. We're going to hop back down to verse 39. Your title might say, Mary visits Elizabeth. Excuse me. So we learned, we talked about Mary and that it, it talked about Elizabeth. Uh, and then we just learned about Elizabeth. And now um, the story's going to bring them together. So let's see what it says. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Um, we'll, pick, we'll pick back up a little bit under that, but there's a special connection here between the, between the children in the wombs. And um, previously it said that Elizabeth's child, John, was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even from the womb. And I think it would be easy to say, like, oh, that's, that's kind of a, a cute little... Um, you know, illustration or metaphor or something. But we see here that that's what's happening. That even in the womb, John was filled with the Holy Spirit. And whenever Mary came with Jesus, they, there was a connection there. 
a seemingly impossible connection, but we know that God does impossible things. Uh, something that didn't occur to me was that, um, something I learned in this, was I knew that Mary had visited Elizabeth. I didn't know how long she had visited. Uh, they were together for three months, which is a long time. Uh, but what's really interesting with that is um, whenever the vision came to Mary, did you guys remember how long it said that, um, that Elizabeth had been with the child? Six months. So she's like having a baby at this point. Six months, three months, that's nine months. Um, so Mary was with Elizabeth basically until Elizabeth was, was ready to deliver this baby John. Um, maybe she was there during the delivery. I, I'm not sure. But I found that interesting that the period of time was so great. Um, but uh, we're, we're, we got one more, one more passage of this to read, starting at verse 57. Uh, we're going to look at that. So um, we're going to look at the birth of Elizabeth's child, John, and um, what the response was of the people, what the response was of the father. Um, so picking up at verse 57, that's where I'm going to start. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Starting at verse 67, it's Zechariah's prophecy is the title of it. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and, he has, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that he, would, that he should... Be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him, in, before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. The thing I love about this section is that um, that Zechariah was mute. He couldn't speak. He couldn't say anything. He had to write on a sign, his name is John. And as soon as he did, what happened? His, his voice came back, and what, was, what immediately happened? It said, his name was John. And they all wondered. And immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue loose, and he spoke, blessing God. So immediately... He's able to start talking, and what, what does he do? He blesses God. And in the prophecy, we see who John is going to be. We see why John is so important, why Zechariah and Elizabeth's son, John, John the Baptist, is so important to the Christmas story. I'm trying to find it. Verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. That's why John is so important to the Christmas story. Because John is going ahead of Jesus, preparing the way of Jesus. So where's the storm here in the, in the first part of the series? What do you guys think? Out of everything we read, where do you guys see the storm? Where do you see the problems? Where do you see the, the friction happening in this Christmas story? I've done a lot of talking, so. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It would have been, it would have been a big storm. Yeah, and thank you. Anything else? Anyone else? I'm good, I'm good at waiting. I'm pretty good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Just the... And I think naturally, going all your life not, not being able to have a child, as, um, as Zechariah doubted, I'm sure that was such a natural thing for them to feel throughout it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have that one. <laughs> Mute. Yeah, that's a storm. For sure. Yeah, so I have Zechariah not being able to speak. I have years of waiting. Not like three, four. If someone had to wait something for five years, let's say, I think we'd all agree that that's a really long time. 
if someone had to wait a thousand years for something, I think we would agree that that's unfathomable. We, our, our brains can't, can't really comprehend that. But that's what we have here. We have years, generations of waiting. We have confusion happening here. What does it say? Whenever the angel came to visit Mary, she didn't understand, and she was scared. Seems, seems, like, seems like if you get visited by an angel, though, you're, you're just afraid, despite them telling you not to be. We have unbelief from Zechariah. We have breaking cultural norms of Zechariah and Elizabeth not naming their son Zechariah, naming their son John. That baffled people. It wasn't what they did at the time. And all of that, all of this storm, here just in this first section of the Christmas story, and yet what is Christmas? It's the coming of the Son of God. It's the birth of Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to not be able to talk about this throughout the rest of this series, but I would think if there was a situation that God would make smooth, flawless, without any problems, I would think it's the coming of Jesus. And that's not what we see. We see it riddled with problems. But we see God doing what he said he's going to do. We see God doing impossible things. We see God working. But that doesn't mean a lack of issues, a lack of problems. But God will always follow through on what he says, even if it's impossible. Next week, we're going to look um, at a few more pieces of the Christmas puzzle leading up to the birth of Jesus. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back at it then. <coughs> After we pray, um, I'm going to have you guys break up into small groups of three or four. I don't really have any questions. Um, I guess it's technically a question. Is, is there anything you heard today in today's reading that you didn't already know? Um, that's the only question that I have for you. So um, just, share, just share anything that you might have learned today through this, and then uh, see how you can pray for each other and pray for each other. Let's pray. Dear God, thanks uh, again for just for, for the Forge and being able to meet here on a weekly basis. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for sending your son. For always coming through, always doing what you say you're going to do, for doing the impossible. Because we need the impossible. We need you. I pray that you bless everybody here. That they would grow to know you better. Grow closer to you. Closer to each other in fellowship. Thank you for this season. I pray that you change lives in this season. The people that normally wouldn't come to church, wouldn't normally come to the forge. I pray that they come, that they hear about you, and they can't help but want more. I pray you use this time to grow your kingdom, to call your people to you, to change this world. I also pray 
for Nick, our church staff representative, and his wife, Anna. I praise you for their new baby. I pray that you keep them, that you're just giving them health, and uh, that everything would go how you want it. Thank you for the blessing of life. Thank you for sending your son as a baby doing the impossible. Amen. Split up in a small group.